the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 970 The Answer presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information from the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. I'm getting closer to Call now, 866-970-9622. That's 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elliman's CEO, Dottie Herman. Good morning, everyone. I'm Stephen Gaines sitting in for Dottie Herman, who is traveling today. But we've got a really, really great show for to you uh, today. Anyway, Dottie's devoted co-host, Jerry Feeney, is here. Jerry is one of the city's top real estate attorneys, and uh, this is an an exceptional opportunity for our listeners to ask an expert questions about legal issues or problems with real estate. You know, it's not unusual to have experts on a radio or a TV show, but I'm telling you that it's hard to find a guy of Jerry's caliber to give you his advice on your problems for free. I personally would never make a move in real estate without asking Jerry Feeney for help. So well, that's with nice that heartfelt Stephen. testimony, Thank you. Mm. well, it is true. So with that heartfelt testimony, you can reach Jerry right now at 866-970-9622. We were going to have Ace Watuna Suparp, he of the barely pronounceable name, but instead we have somebody with a much nicer pronounceable name, Glenda Winter Irving. Glenda Winter Irving is not a vice president of Citizens Bank. Glenda, what's your title there? I'm senior mortgage banker. Senior mortgage banker. Well, that's good enough for me. Right. (laughs) Titles don't mean so much in our industry. It's power. It's the power behind the woman behind the throne. Exactly. Glenda is literally a virtual encyclopedia of everything to do with mortgages. So give us a ring at 866-970-9622. Mortgages are not only refinancing, they are definitely home equity loans, which are becoming very popular now, again, which we'll discuss a little bit later in the show. I also want to uh, take a moment to thank Citizens Bank. For their support of this show, Citizens Bank was founded years ago to help the little man get a mortgage and live the American dream. And it carries out that tradition and that promise today. Remember, of all the giant banks that you hear of here in the New York area, Citizens Bank is the third largest lender of mortgages in the New York area. They're really a place where you can go to for help. So... Uh, if you've got an interesting question for uh, Glenda, uh, I've got an interesting question for Glenda. Of all the equity of all the homes in the United States, guess what percentage of it was borrowed against last year? Okay, you don't have to answer this right now because I'd, I'd love it if somebody called in also. 
If you added up all the equity, all the value, all the worth, and all the houses in the United States, guess what percentage was borrowed against? Was half of the money borrowed against? 20%, 10% less? So later we're going to cover just how much equity you're sitting on in your house. It's really, really fascinating. We've got an exciting show for you today because you're listening to the only show on talk radio that's all about real estate and all about the thousands of things that have to do with real estate. And that's just about everything, including tenant landlord issues. So later in the show, we're going to have at the 11 o'clock hour, tenant attorney Sam Himmelstein. Sam Himmelstein's been on the show before. I'm sure you remember him. Mr. Himmelstein has spent his entire career protecting tenants' rights and representing tenants' associations and cooperative conversions. He's frequently quoted in the New York Times and in the Brick Underground, where he practically has a regular column. So if you have any questions about tenant-landlord matters specifically, call in at 11 a.m. when Sam will join us at 866-970-9622. And speaking of credit, uh, 1030, our credit expert Dan Sater is joining us. And he will tell us why there's such a thing as having too much credit. You have too much credit, really? Dan's a nationally recognized credit expert and credit coach, and his firm, Credit Scoring Advisor, has helped thousands of people restore their credit and get mortgages. He can answer any questions you might have. Here's our number again, 866-970-9622. And in case you didn't know, it's tax time. (laughs) And if you're a freelance guy like me, this time of the year can be brutal. You know, at least if you work for a company, they take out a certain amount of taxes. And so when April 15th comes along, there's there's some money put aside. But if you're a freelancer, like a lot of us are, you don't really put aside that money. At least I don't. And then you're really stuck with the tax bill. Uh, I can still deduct the interest on my mortgage going into 1918. But some of that I won't be able to in 1918. What can you do if you don't have the money to pay your taxes? Well, See, are we back in 1918 now? Well, going into, yeah, going well, into. going into 1918, what did we just got out of? 1917, we're, right? Uh, we're, we're in 2017, 2018. We're in 2018? I missed track of 100 years on us now. Oh, my God. I thought I, I, that sleeping pill last you. night. I better cut it in half. I got to tell you. So you're saying, what are we talking about, 1918? No, no, I, I'm, we're just paying on a 1917 taxes now on April 15th, right, Jerry? We knew what you meant, yes. Okay, yeah. I know, but I don't know what I mean. So thank you for, you know. Um, Ace, uh, you know, Ace was going to be here, and he, he made a, a post on, on the air, and I, I was going to ask him to explain it, and, and, and uh, maybe, Glenda, you can help it. Mm-hmm. As the real estate market continues to shift from a seller's market to a buyer's market, mm-hmm. now, I'm not exactly sure how that's happening. I guess it's because there's not enough houses to the, be sold? No, that no the reverse. There's more supply than um, demand. So the buyers have increased leverage in their negotiations. Hmm. Deals and transactions are taking longer to close due to an array of reasons, whether it's price, reservations, circumstances, market conditions. Buying a home is one of the most emotional decisions in a person's life, and that's why it's so critical that the realtor, real estate attorney, title rep, and banker 
all work together to make the process seamless. Correct. Uh, and uh, going over strategies with our Citizens Bank team to come up with solutions to continually provide confidence for the buyers to take the next step. And there's no I in the team, so be sure to build a team of trusted real estate professionals in your strategy. I get that, Glenda, don't yeah, you? Yeah, and I th- particularly think it's very relevant in New York City, you know, where you have your co-ops and condos, that you actually do build a team, uh, and the team uh, gets on with each other, works well together. An attorney, critical, and that the, the banker's critical, the real estate agent's critical. I think you'd agree, Jerry. The yeah, deals absolutely. work best when we all work well together. Yep. Um, Jerry, do you, at what point do you come on when, if, if somebody's trying to get a mortgage? Are you on board at that point, or do you usually come on? Yeah, every deal's different. I usually, yeah. you know, recommend to people to bring me in as early as possible because I can, I can help uh, strategize, and I can, you know, uh, you know, a, a good part of the counseling team. Even if I'm not actively working on a property, I certainly can, you know, help the client. Uh, wade through the different options that might be available so you know the earlier the better i think is uh, is the rule but most people once they have a you know quote accepted offer then they call the attorney mm-hmm. we're usually not the first step in the process although in the last few years i've seen more uh first step to the lawyer in other words the, the first contact in the home buying process but generally, it's either the banker or the broker yeah. that is the first step in the process. And I too like to be brought in as soon as you know, as early as is possible, so we can run credit and understand mm-hmm. if there's any issues that need to be corrected before they apply for the loans. But in, it's usually the realtor, in my experience, that's contacted first, and then yeah. they'll probably reach out. But if, some of that's changing now. We've seen some. I've seen some statistics that. That have shown that the you know that model is changing slightly, so that I guess um, because oftentimes people they think, call the banker first now. I yeah, hear. I guess because <laughs> many feel more empowered with their access to information. I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's a, it's imperative you call the banker because you got to know what you can borrow. You got to run a credit report. You know, time can cure these things, but if you wait until the last minute, it may not work. Yes, I, I totally totally agree with the two of you. I have. If I was starting off, I would I would call a banker and a lawyer the same day. Well, one of the first things I would do is I would I would call Jerry. Literally, if if I was involved in a deal, I call Jerry. How should I start this? Where do I go from here? What do I need to do? Um, that would be really important. And then if Jerry would probably recommend somebody like Linda or whatever. I don't know where you would, but um, I, I'm sure you would do that. I um, uh, do you know how? Ex- excuse me, everyone. Uh, but uh, talking to an engineer here, have you ever heard Vic Damone sing? They called yes. him the Golden Fog. Well, yes. that's how I'm hearing this radio show. Is that Vic Damone was singing it to me? <laughs> layers oh, really? And layers and layers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but now everybody has Glenda Glenda's dulcet voice on the. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we have a phone call. We have a phone call from Martha. Martha is in New Jersey, and Martha has a maintenance fee issue. Shoot, Martha, what's your problem? Well, um, I paid my every month for the month of two thousand, all the months of two thousand seventeen. I've made twelve payments, and now uh, the managing um, they've been constantly, you know, badgering me for a proof of receipt from my own bank. I I mailed the uh, the uh, check to Arizona as they wanted. And I received my statement, and it had the front and the back of the check there, and they're still wanting to know, you know, 
they, they're charging me for that that month, that November first month, and it's still going on. And I keep saying I can't do anymore. I go to the bank, and my bank says that that's it. You know, and the back of the check is very bad. It's almost like they ran out of ink, and uh, it's very hard to read. But there's plenty of numbers on the back of the check. You have to use a magnifying glass, and mm-hmm. still some of the numbers are hard to read. But I, I don't. I'm not going to pay a thirteenth month of maintenance. I'm on the board. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to do uh, that. The, the numbers uh, on the back are very important because that will show what account the money got put into. You know, sometimes uh, with a large organization, you have multiple accounts and a check gets put in the wrong pile. It's happened to me. And uh, so the it's imperative that your bank be able to tell you the account number that it was deposited into on the, on the payee side. And then maybe they'll they'll be able to straighten it out. I'm, well, they're not. They're they they're they're not. They're saying that they they they've done everything they can do. Who's who's they? they and that's who's my they? bank. My bank. Well, that's not enough because you need their help. Yeah. We need to know. You know, so, we need all the numbers and uh, and the fact fact of the matter is you have proof of payment. So you know you've got the, the front and back of the check. You can show it was paid. You can show it was paid to a particular. Uh, bank, you may not know what account it was deposited into, but that's not really your problem. So, um, well, that's uh, that's my point. Like, what I've done everything I can do. I've given numerous copies of the same mm-hmm. checks because they 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 actually we we no longer have them as a property management of as of April first because mm-hmm. of their very um, yeah. poor service. Well, and you can show the each month and, yeah, you can show the yeah. new property manager the proof of the payment too. I mean, you've got proof uh-huh. of payment. It's not like you're just, you know, asking them to take right. your order. You've got proof of payment. But where, why, where are they going with this? I mean, I have nowhere to go at this point that I know of, short of going to a television station, which is not my style. Well, yeah. no, I mean, it's, I don't think that's I don't necessary. want to do that. Um, I mean, look, at the end of the day, you're, you're, they're going to have to credit you for this money. You've got proof of it. So... You know, I mean, they can't just simply say, no, we're not giving you proof, even though it was paid and it was debited from your account. They can't do that. I mean, have you gone over there and sat down with somebody in, in person well, at the managing uh, agent? To the manager, the branch manager, and to the, the one woman that's been very nice about following through, for showing me the transaction dates and giving me, you know, giving the, a list of all the, the, the managing agent. that I've made. At the managing agent. The managing oh, agent. They said they wanted to work with me, but they need a proof of receipt. They keep pushing this, but I said I, a receipt of what? Okay, you know? hold on. Hold on. You have that. The check is your proof of receipt. That's my point. Mm-hmm. You have well, that. Well, that's what I tried to tell them, that, that that's how I feel. It's my... And I said, you well, speak, how, have your bank. It's not how you feel. It's not how you feel. It's it's the fact. I mean, it's you know, it's like <laughs> saying, you know, I feel like the sun rises in the west. No, it doesn't. I mean, you know, it rises in the east. So, you, you know... Th- Look, you've got to get somebody on the phone with a brain at the managing agent, the new managing agent, and they'll help you sort it out, I'm sure. Okay, thank you, you know, so Martha, much. Jer- Jerry knows, I, Jerry knows best, Martha. Martha, <laughs> Jerry you. knows best, but I'm oh. just, just listen to one other thing I'm telling you. Going to see people is very important. Everything that Jerry said to you is 100%. Also have a paper trail. Have letters that said, I saw you, this is what you told me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Get as much paper trail as you possibly can so nobody can say, I didn't tell her, I didn't remember that. You know, just do all of that. I make paper trails like crazy over every single thing, even if it's just emails. So do that as well. Keep that on your side and follow Jerry's advice. 
Thank you so very much. You make me feel so much better because I'm so frustrated with this. Good luck. It sounds frustrating. Martha, call back and tell us what happened. 866-970-9622. For the rest of you listening in, 866-970-9622. Please give us a ring. So, news of the day. This is really uh, kind of an interesting thing. Douglas Elliman just released the first quarter 2018 Elliman reports for its Manhattan sales market. And it turns out selling an apartment in Manhattan remains out of sync between buyers and sellers. Now, remember, this is Manhattan, not the four other boroughs, although on the whole, the news is probably close to the same. Okay, here's a good side of the news. The Manhattan market had the highest all-cash shares in four years of tracking it. And the market share of luxury resale was at its highest level in two and a half years. So now if you're a billionaire, that's great news. <laughs> so here's the rest of, for us non-millionaires um, from CNBC.com. New York's real estate market is in correction. Real estate sales in the first quarter post their largest drop in nearly a decade and reached their lowest level in more than six years. Sales reached their lowest level in more than six years. The high end of the market is getting hit the hardest since it has the most discretionary segment. Prices for luxury apartments in Manhattan fell 15%, and sales were down 24% from last quarter. Uh, so that's a lot. Many sellers have yet to lower their prices in keeping with the tax law changes and uh, a general slowdown since 2014. Uh the Douglas Elliman numbers have been put together by Douglas Elliman's uh, Miller Samuel. Um, the number of closed sales the first quarter of 2018 fell uh, to 24% uh, decrease hmm. from the time last year. That's huge. The total is the lowest seen in six years. Mm. And no, I'm not surprised. It, felt, it definitely felt slower. It yeah. definitely felt slower. But to be clear, the luxury, like the higher end and luxuries meaning, you know, Three million plus in this. In this, I actually digested a lot of this report. The two million and under category didn't, you know, experience the same sense of, you know, price decline. That part of the market's much more active, but uh, and apparently, you know, condos saw more of a fall than co-ops. Right, so. But I think everybody has felt that the first quarter was slower than it has been typically in the first quarter of most years. And also, uh, Jonathan Miller said the uncertainty over the new federal tax laws closing at new condo towers have largely dried up. Dried up. Recent swoons in the stock market, which people buying houses don't like, they watch closely, and of course, the markets are really up and down and up and down, depending upon the whim of the president. Um, and you have buyers who are increasingly deciding to sit on the sideline. So, with many luxury apartments still overpriced, they are now sitting on the market an average of, get this, of more than a year and a half. Hmm. 50%, a year and a half, you know. Uh, Jerry, when we come back, I have a question for you. What the heck is a legacy contract? When you answer those, um, those are been inked back in 2014 or something and we have to take a break right now but um i'd love to know what a legacy contract is and how can i get one and we'll be back with more news more some celebrity news about mount lauer and about our president's ex-homes as well don't go away we'll be right back 
It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. Hey, it's Stephen Gaines sitting in for uh, Dottie Herman, who is away traveling. And uh, we've got a great show for you today. Uh, Sam Himmelstein, the um, uh, tenant landlord attorney, is going to be on. Dan Sater, our favorite uh, uh, credit expert, is going to be on. The best lawyer in the real estate business, Jerry Feeney, is going to be here. And also our mortgage expert, uh, Glenda Winter Irving. How could you ask for more? And also the dulcet tones of me, Stephen Gaines, as ring <laughs> ringmaster. And here in the center ring, here's just some celebrity gossip. Matt Lauer. Remember what happened to Matt Lauer? They call yes. him the disgraced author. Uh, anchor. I'm the disgraced author. The disgraced anchor who was fired in November, he had to put his apartment up for sale on East 64th Street. And, uh, you know, in, in the old days after the war or during the war, they used to go through the obituaries to see who had died. They oh. used to have the addresses in, so you would run to that apartment and see if you could get to that apartment because apartments were very scarce in the war. Well, now they're doing this now with the disgraced people. You could have bought Harvey Weinstein's townhouse for $25 million if I happen to have an extra 25 mil in my pocket. I'm sorry I passed that up. But now Matt Lauer, 133 East 64th Street, he listed his co-op for $7.35 million. Lauer, who was fired from the network in November following allegations of sexual misconduct. He bought the apartment for nearly $6 million in 2004. So that's not such a big that's, up from $6 no. million That's right. That's not such. Right? It sounds like it's a fire sale. Well, he needs to sell it. Yeah. Mm. The co-op located at 133 East 64th Street has four bedrooms, four and a half bathrooms, and is roughly only three blocks away from Central Park. He uh, co-anchored the Today Show for more than 20 years before he was fired in uh, in November. So uh, Colt Douglas Element, if any of you want to live in a disgraced, uh, who knows what went on in that apartment, right? Oh, right. I always Stephen. say in my house that the walls could talk. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> Here's another somebody else's house. Um, Donald and Ivana Trump's former Connecticut home is listed mm. for $45 million. It's located in Greenwich, Connecticut. You should see this house. I mean, I'm looking at a picture of it now. It's beautiful. It sits out on the Long Island Sound. Um, they bought it earlier in their marriage. They're relisting it for $45 million. It's a six-acre property. It was uh, purchased by the Trumps in the early 1980s. For guess how much, folks? $4 million. So wow. if it was bought for $4 million and they're selling it for $45 million, what is that, A 1,000% something? Yeah. Right. They still own it or somebody else owns it? They, they, no, somebody else bought it, but it mm-hmm. still has provenance. The current owners, financier Robert Steinberg, I know him. Mm-hmm. They previously listed the Georgian style mansion for $54 million and then reduced the price to $45 million, uh, just before the presidential campaign was heating up. And now they have it back on the market for $45 million. Mm-hmm. Um, Greenwich has started to lo- move a lot more. Let me just tell you a little bit about it. When uh, Mr. Trump and Ivana... Mother to his children, Donald Jr., Ivanka, and Eric divorced in 1990. She kept the house Mm -hmm. and sold it for $15 million in 1998. 20,000 square feet. By the way, what happened to Trump's boyhood home in Queens? Remember Donald Trump had a boyhood home in Queens? How did we forget? It's it's an 
It's an Airbnb. Oh, <laughs> appropriate. I swear to you, for $725 a night, you can sleep in Nay's childhood bed. Now, he only lived there till he was four years old, so I don't know how long that bed is. Sorry, how much is it? Seven twenty-five a night. night. That's absurd. That's absurd. What expensive? You mean? Yeah, that's ridiculous. Oh, Perfect. but listen, it can fit up to twenty guests. It has all Republicans. It has twenty guests, five bedrooms, three and a half bathrooms, and a whopping seventeen beds. Okay. Whoa. Perhaps. And it says not much has changed since the Trumps lived there. <laughs> <laughs> and neither has it in his mind. His mind is the same. Yeah, exactly. Kitchen is original. The opulent furnishings represent the style and affluence to which the Trumps would have lived in those many, many years ago. I, I just want to cover one thing, Jerry and, and mm-hmm. uh, Glenn. Both of you know what provenance means. Sure. I, I'd love to explain it to the audience why this house has the house has provenance. Provenance cuts both ways, by the way. It doesn't always favor the market. <clears throat> Providence exactly. is simply who owned it. Uh, very important in the art world. If you don't have the provenance of a painting, it's not generally going to be as valuable if you have a, 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 a traced history of ownership, particularly if it was you know owned by uh, you know good collectors. It gives some, some inherent value to the painting, and that's called a provenance. And, you know, homes have a, have a provenance, uh, although I'm not sure how much it really adds to it if you know uh lawrence welk lived in the house and 30 years ago who you know who cares um i would my guess is that uh, the trump boyhood home i mean that's not exactly you know first of all he probably doesn't even remember because he was you know a toddler when they left and second of all i'm not sure that it has so much cachet so i don't, I don't know i don't know if it, it would add anything to the value I once wrote a piece uh, about, uh, it was for a house, actually, that Douglas Elliman was uh, selling. And uh, some famous poet, famous poet had lived there. I, I wrote, Provenance is a wonderfully romantic notion. It's the idea that the value of a work of art is enhanced not just by its innate beauty, but by the richness of its association, who created it and why, and who possessed it over time. Mm-hmm. A painting can have provenance, but so can an antique watch handed down by your grandfather or occasionally a remarkable estate or the Klaus von Bülow apartment. Do you remember when Klaus von Bülow was accused of... Well, they had a heck of a time selling that apartment on Fifth Avenue. His neighbors wouldn't even talk to him in the elevator. And uh, every time the broker said, Klaus von Bülow lived here, nobody wanted to buy it. I forget who bought it, but somebody really got it for a steal. Really hmm. got a first deal. Dan Sater is on the line. Uh, Dan, would you join us? Because we want to answer uh, Lucy's question. Okay, I'm here. How are you, Dan Sater? Lucy from New York is called in. Lucy, can, uh, why don't you uh, ask us your question? Uh, yes, I have, I have a couple anyway. <laughs> yeah, um, look, I'm not. What, the, what is the difference between like um, senior housing and senior residential? Uh, also, uh, I uh, I applied for bankruptcy back in uh, 2014. I don't know what my credit is. I haven't checked my credit. Who do I call now? Aquifax or the other one? I don't even know how to check my credit. And um, what, yeah, what, those are the things that. Um, 
that I would like to find out what my credit is also about the housing for seniors. I don't know which is the best mm-hmm. place to look or, or how to go about it. Or uh, I hear different things. Sometimes you see flyers sometimes in the senior centers, sometimes you, maybe in the newspaper or something in the Bronx. I'm from Brooklyn now. I'm from Barrett Sunset Park. I've been living here for a long time. Okay, well, Lucy, I can't help you with the senior housing and whatnot, but okay. I can uh, comment on the bankruptcy. Uh, bankruptcy, okay. is, uh, I assume it was a, a Chapter 7 bankruptcy, a complete bankruptcy? Yes. Where, you, where everything chapter was written seven. off. Okay. Uh, with the Chapter 7 bankruptcy, you're already four years into it, which means the damage to your credit score has diminished quite a bit. Um, quick question. Have you done anything to reestablish credit? No, no, I haven't. I haven't applied for a credit card. I have, uh, I have um, my credit union, uh, the ATM card that I use for everything. I don't know if that that makes. Yeah, no, that, that's that's not going to help, and prepaid cards don't help. But what I would okay. suggest, especially if you're dealing with a credit union, um, the first thing you want to do is to go to either any of the three uh, credit uh, companies or. Uh, you can go to some of these sites where they sign you up for a monitoring service, but uh, they give you a cancellation within seven days or something like that. And uh, if you go to a place like creditchecktotal.com, uh, for $1.09, because they charge you tax, uh, they'll give you all three credit bureaus and your FICO 8 score for all three bureaus. Wait, Dan, would you slow down? Give that to Lucy. Lucy, do you have a pen or pencil to write this down? Uh, I, I have it right here, yes, yes. Okay, Dan, yes. give it to her slowly so sure. she can check out her what her credit rating Of course, is. that would be www.creditchecktotal.com. Oh, total.com, okay. I credit. thought it was, um, I thought, because I think Daddy gave another thing. She said, uh, just check my, uh, I don't know. She said she mentioned two words, and I was my FICO probably Lucy. Yes, and my FICO is is an excellent yes, place. Yes, It'll yes. Show, if for the, the three one. bureaus, it'll cost you almost sixty dollars. Yes, now. that's more expensive. Oh, oh, oh. sixty dollars. Okay. So yes, now, but they do give do you five or six different uh, FICO scores for mortgages, for bank cards, for auto, and they give you everything. So but let me the, separate this. MyFICO.com is the one that charges $60. Correct. The first one that you gave only charges $1.90. dollar nine. $1.90. And say that one again, please, one more time, Dan. CreditCheckTotal.com. Now, Lucy, about where to get senior residential or senior housing, uh, I don't know if anybody wants to take a shot at that now. But, uh, uh, Jerry, do you want to take a shot at that? Or? Mm-hmm. I would call the New York City Department of, I think it's called the Department of the Aging. It's the it's the agency that uh, is for seniors, and they'll have a list of all approved there's, senior housing in New York City. There's also something called the, the, the Metropolitan Housing. But you know what? We are going to have a landlord-tenant attorney on after 12, and he will be able to help direct you to that as well. Okay. So, Lucy, thank you for calling in. Dan, hold on, and we'll be right back after this important word. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. Hey, it's Stephen Gaines sitting in for Dottie Herman. I was going to try to pretend I was Dottie for a while. Let me see if it'll work. 
Good morning, it's Dottie Herman. Where- it doesn't Close. work, right, yeah, guys? Yeah. Close, mm-hmm. close, but not right. Dan Sater is with us this morning. Dan's a nationally recognized credit expert and credit coach, one of the best in the country. He can answer any questions you might have on credit, so please give us a ring at 866-970-9622. Dan, my yes, friend sir. Dan, yep. I saw something that was really fascinating to me. These 10 cities have the best credit scores in the U.S., why? And I'm gonna I'm gonna read these ten cities to you, and then you've got to tell me. Is I think it's pretty obvious. Okay, uh, the uh, U.S. adult has a fair score of the average U.S. adult has a fair credit score score of six seventy five, according to Experian's State of the Credit Report. But Wallet Hub, which pulled data from TransUnion, found that the residents in the following ten cities enjoyed a median score in the ninety ninth percentile, the top. Okay, listen to these cities and then tell me why. The Villages in Florida, the median credit is 807. Sun City Center, Florida, median credit is 789. Sun City West in Arizona, 787. Saratoga, California, 780. Lexington, Massachusetts, 778. Laguna Woods, 777. Why do those... Communities. What do those communities have in common, Dan? Well, I'm not sure about Lexington, Massachusetts, but on, on a lot of the places like the Florida villages and whatnot, you have older people that are retired uh, that usually have um, a retirement or, or and they're using less credit. And uh, the less credit that you use uh, on the established credit that you've had for, you know, 20, 30 years uh, will yield the best credit scores. I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. It doesn't say that specifically, but obvious it was to me. All these big retirement homes have, uh, you know, general credit scores that are just uh, enormous. 807 at the Villages in Florida, and everybody there is definitely deep into retirement at the Villages. So I guess it's true. I guess as you get older, uh, you lose, you use less credit. Is that That's true, huh? Yeah, pretty much you have everything that you really want and need. And if you have saved up money and you have a retirement, you usually pay your bills on time. And, you know, not having any negatives certainly helps keep that score way up there. Glenda, would people, is there a limit, an age limit? I mean, seriously, if somebody who's 92 years old and comes looking to take out a mortgage, mm-hmm. are you allowed to look at that and think, no, oh, my God? No, we cannot discriminate based on age really yeah the laws against that by the way Mm. Mm. no No. matter how old the person is we collect we we collect their date of birth obviously but we cannot discriminate between a 92 year old and a 35 year old so nobody kind of like peeks at it and says oh my god this person's 92 they can yeah now i'm an australian and in australia they actually do take your age into account when they're determining the term of the mortgage. But here, no. Listen, they take your age into account when you're trying to adopt a kitten here. Did you know that? (laughs) It's true. When you go in to adopt a dog or a kitten in one of the uh, uh, places, adoption homes, uh, they uh, absolutely do it, and they do it legally. Um, I have a friend who just went in to adopt a a kitten, and uh, they said to her, 
uh, ma'am, you're uh, 76. Uh, wouldn't you prefer a grown cat? Oh. And, <laughs> and uh, she was furious. She called me. Who can I sue? What can I do? And I said, I don't think you could do anything with that kind of age discrimination. But people do think about that at uh, at this point, you know. I mean, I don't want to adopt an old dog. I mean, you know, I, it, I guess my, uh, you got to make sure which, which is going to go if you adopt it. If you adopt a young dog, who are you going to leave it to? Dan, the MBA, the Mortgage Bankers Association of America, sent a letter to the FHA, FHFA calling for more competitive credit score requirements. They submitted a letter to the Manhattan, Manhattan uh, to the FHFA to adhere to several principles that laid out with respect to the new credit card requirements. Here are the credit score requirements the MBA outlined in its letter. Any accepted credit scoring models, regardless of the providers, should be subject to frequent rigorous testing of their predictive capacity. How good is the predictive capacity? Oh, well, that's an easy question to answer. First of all, for an individual... They can't predict anything because the human nature is so erratic. However, when you take a group of people, uh, they're very, very good. Uh, FICO, for example, has uh, just uh, used statistics from 2014 and 2015 to remodel all their credit uh, scoring models based on current uh, consumer usage and behavior and uh, they've updated all their credit scoring models. And they do this periodically. In the meantime, between these major revisions, they do some minor changes and revisions uh, along the way because they find that, you know, over a period of time, people's behavior and habits change, and things that were once more predictable of them defaulting on a, on a loan are not as predictable now, or maybe even more predictable now, and they changed the scoring model to reflect that. So that does go by age or by activity? I'm not sure how you do, how they figure that. Well, actually, I, you know, I'm with a bank, so I'm looking at credit all the time. And one of my observations, Dan, I was actually going to ask you about this, is, you know, we typically like to see multiple trade lines, we call them credit cards or lines, because we need to see more payment activity to be comfortable that the default score is is accurate. But these days, with millennials in particular, we're seeing one credit score, one, uh, sorry, not one credit score, one trade line. They use one credit card. Is that something that is is a trend that the younger people don't have as many Credit cards? Yeah, yeah, actually, it is. They're kind of avoiding some some credit in the early years. Uh, the the different models, like the Vantage score and the FICO scoring models, uh, are trying to take that into account to be more accurate in the predictability when you don't have much in the way of credit. Mm. Uh, the scoring models really like to see recent activity, and they like to see activity across a number of not mm. only trade lines but different types of trade lines, yes. like auto loans, credit cards, student loans, because that becomes more predictable and more accurate. 
but uh, they've done a lot of uh, mathematical analysis and statistical analysis on uh, people that have little bit of uh, credit, but you know, they're, where they're very thin files and very young files to try to get a more accurate picture. So they're trying to increase that accuracy uh, every year. Yeah, so what we, we're starting to do is to collect two years of rental history, you know, which sort of adds to the you know, payment behavior history. Right, it's a little scary because you, you don't know, I don't want to have too many credit cards because I think that that will bring my, my credit card level down. You don't want to have too much money on one credit card because that will bring your level down, your credit level down. I mean, it all gets very, very minutely uh, complicated, Dan. Oh, um, yeah. Matter of fact, I, I talk at a lot of the national conferences in the credit repair industry, and these are the people that have the most experience with, you know, these things with credit, and I go into the, a lot of these details, and their eyes kind of glaze over because as you delve into, like, especially the FICO scoring model, it seems easy to understand on the surface for the basic things, but it gets much more complicated when you go through the nuts and bolts of all the different types of things it calculates and takes into consideration uh, to generate a, a, a true score. And there, there's also a, a lag, a lagging indicator when you correct a mistake. How does that work? Well, I, I wouldn't call it a lagging indicator, but, you know, when you, you have your FICO score generated when you pull a credit report, it's a snapshot in time. The problem is that snapshot was a month, month and a half ago. Uh, and so uh, every one of the subscribers to the credit bureaus that report to them only report once a month. So you have to wait through that cycle for things to catch up. So if you pay off your credit card today and they report it yesterday, it'll be a whole other month that they show whatever balance you had on that before the payment, even though you may have a zero balance uh, for the next month. It's all stacked upon. It seems like it's stacked upon the consumer. You know, it's so overwhelming. Oh, you've got to understand that this, this score, these scoring models weren't created for you. These were created for the lenders to protect them from losses, to help them make more profit, to help them select people, uh, more people that they can give credit to that will pay them. That's what it's all designed for. That will pay them. And that's yes, the bottom time. line. <laughs> for them to figure it out, you know. I, I had an interesting thing happen. I hate it when we talk about our personal things uh, here and there, but I was applying for a uh, a home equity loan, in fact, and uh, my I got a letter from my car lease, which is Chrysler. It was a Jeep, and uh, it, just before I was going to close on this loan, or they were figuring it out, and it said that I was late two payments. Well, I had automatic deduction, so I couldn't understand that. So they sent me the material, and sure enough, I was more than 60 days late on the last two payments. So I called them up, and I said, why didn't you deduct it? And they said, we don't deduct the last two payments. I said, why not? They said, well, to show you that it's going to be up. I said, couldn't you have simply just sent me a letter saying that it was going to be up? What have you done to my credit rating? And they said, oh, we don't report it to your credit rating that you're two months late at the end. So... The stupidity surrounding everybody's rules and, and what goes on and what can get you into trouble and everything, it's maddening. It was really maddening. So, 
I said, I'll, I'll pay you this right now on the telephone. Did, did you and, check it to see if it was reported? No, it wasn't, thank God, reported. Okay, you're lucky. No, yeah, I, well, I, the reason why I checked it was because practically three or four days later, when I went to renew my lease on a car, my credit score had gone up. <laughs> so, and who knew why that happened? You know, I mean, so this is this is a mystery and and a real thorn, a real thorn in everybody's uh, side. Uh, you know, it's very very hard to figure out. Oh, uh, if if you want to give us a ring, please. We are at eight six six. Nine seven zero nine six two two. So, if you have any legal questions, mortgage questions, or whatnot, please uh, just give us a ring. Uh, things, uh, uh, Glenda, things are tilted now towards getting a home equity loan more than refinance. Why did that happen? Mm, I'm not sure. I totally agree with that with that statement. But a home equity line, yes. I see that banks are advertising them more frequently and I see that people are you know electing to go that route more frequently. The difference is it's possibly an easier process. Um, closing costs are a lot less. They have different uh, requirements e.g for a first lien, a first lien, you know, a mortgage or a refinance on the first lien. Your debt-to-income ratio can generally not exceed 45%. On a home equity line, your debt-to-income ratio can be much higher. They look, they have a different algorithm and formulaic approval model. So it can often be easier to obtain a home equity line than it is, you know, a first or, you know, a first lien, we call it a standard conventional mortgage on your home. And they generally don't cost as much because there are no closing costs. So that's a very good route. In the opening of the show, I had an interesting question of all the equity of all the homes in the United States. Guess what percentage of it was borrowed against last year? It's less than 1%. The no. collective amount of untapped equity is now an estimated $5.4 trillion, which is 10% more than the recession peak was. Okay, so that's amazing. Mm, that's a lot really, of untapped which means equity. That most lenders require it rose by $7.35 billion, the largest annual increase by dollar record. Mm. You know, And is it true you can only borrow 80% against the home's worth? For home equity? Yes. Yes, generally. You can, if you couple it with a, a conventional mortgage first lien, you can collectively generally borrow more. But I would imagine older people would have much more equity in their homes than younger people. Last year, even with the record equity, homeowners took out only $262 billion cash out of refinances or home equity lines of credit. It's less than 1.2% of all the available equity. Mm. Which is at a well, that's a four-year low, which is which is pretty uh, pretty amazing. Interesting. Uh, Sam Hemmelstein, who is a, a really brilliant uh, tenant landlord attorney, uh, is going to be back with us after uh, we take this very important break. Is this a news break? I guess it is a news break. Yes. Okay. We'll be back in ten seconds. A lot more show. Don't go away. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.